The headline is Divorced Woman Demands Refund from Wedding Photographer Four Years Later. What? Four years? Hashtag true story. I'm Gavin Hardcastle, and you're listening to the Irish Photography Podcast. And believe it or not, it's actually not that boring. Hello and you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast and we have an absolute banger of an episode here for you today. Um, joined as always, my co-host from down in Cork, here he is and here we are, Darren J. Spoonley, how are you keeping buddy? Absolutely fantastic, Dodd boy, fantastic, couldn't be better, couldn't be better, you? I'm baiting long like fucking wildfire there now, fucking weddings to bait the band, making loads of money, love it. Good. You can spend it all yeah. on gas. Shiny. I, I've gotten better. I've gotten better. Yeah, yeah. Kind the, of. The best shiny in the world is your bank balance, boy. Absolutely. I trust. I've I've learned to <laughs> live with that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what, come here. what's the crack? You're in charge now in the in the hot seat by driving this one on. So tell oh, me, what 100%. are we what are we doing? What are we doing? So let's give you a quick synopsis of what we're going to kind of chat with today. So we're going to talk about, it's kind of fairly topical at the moment, is the future is not AI versus photography. It's actually photography powered by AI. That's what we're going to talk about first. And then we're going to talk about something else. We'll get to that in a while. And then after the break, we're going to go to Is This News? Do I have to do it? No, stop it. That's the old us. That's the old us. This is the new us. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Darren, let's jump into it, buddy. You ready sure, for it? Man. Yeah, fire away. All right. So, like I said, the title, The Future is Not AI versus Photography. It's actually photography powered by AI. And it's something that's really kind of hit home as of late because we've all kind of seen what is going on in the world with the advancements of AI. And it started with, I suppose, the whole dolly the sheep back in the day kind of making clones and stuff like that but it has worked its way into computers and everything like that so what ai is actually called is artificial intelligence for those who don't know but i'm sure you should know already and to be honest you look it is rising up in every industry in almost every instant there are fears of redundancy which naturally makes photographers hesitant to embrace ai but when you zoom zoom in excuse me but when you zoom in the future of photography may not be as black and white as you think. What is your stand on AI and photography, Darren? We're all doomed. Robots are going to take over the world and Skynet is real. <laughs> For us uh, moguls, what's Skynet? I'll be back. Oh, is it? I was thinking of, um, uh, what's that uh, thing with Mila Jovic? Do you know the hot one? Oh yeah, and Bruce Willis is in it as well. Fifth, uh, the Fifth Element no, or something like no, that. No, 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 no. It was a game. There were zombies and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what my thoughts in AI are. Is that AI is something which is powered by a computer? Absolutely. It's only going to be based on the input that it's given. It doesn't have the ability to form something that if it hasn't been created in the first place for it to be able to replicate. When you start looking at the way it's going at the moment and people are getting worried, and for rightly reasons, because there's been AI images have won photo contests. So, I mean, you know, unless somebody knew that it was AI, they wouldn't be able to tell that it is AI. 
But at the same point, from photography's overall view, the experience is more important to me about taking the photo as a photographer. And pretty soon you're going to have places, which effectively has been the way in Photoshop. If you look at people who are digital artists, they create multiple images into one shot to create a world that actually doesn't exist or how they envisage it should be looking in their mind's eye, let's just say. Mm. But in the true form of the sense in photography, um, people will still be drawn to, from a landscape point of view anyway, um, you know, scenes that are familiar, but yes, with, yeah. in, in, in something that actually looks well. Because, you know, imagine somebody going off to the west coast of Ireland to look for the pyramids that are on top of the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah, it, yeah. You're right. You're 100% like that. It is the experience, it is the journey, especially for landscape photographers. Like it's like the, the picture at the end of the day, if you get the right light and it's just unbelievable, then the absolutely, it's just so much better. But for you and I and some other landscape photographers out there, like it is the journey, it's the camaraderie, it's the crack, the experience that we love doing. And it's just like, like if you go back, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, uh, when there was kind of the advancements from black and white photography, film photography to digital photography. And my college lecturer said to me, this shit will never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> How wrong was he words. like? Yeah, you know, yeah. but it's just, it just shows you like the, the advancements of everything that are happening in the world. And like for black and white film photographers, people, they, they still love doing that. Like, it's a very niche market. It's a very niche amount of people that actually do it. I hate it. I don't like it at all. It really annoys me, you know. It's, it's tedious and everything like that. But they love the experience of it, just like we love the experience of being out in the landscape. Yeah, but you know what, right? I mean, from a landscape photography point of view, you know, there are plenty of places around the world that I will never get to see, but I can look at them through other people's images. There's plenty of places around the world that I will go visit and I will take my shots there and I'll enjoy more than just the time where I put my face behind the camera and hit the shutter button to catch the image, as you say. Because as you said, you know, it's about enjoying everything that you're at and the places that you're at and the people that you're at and everything else that you are <laughs> Sorry. experiencing, right? <laughs> Um, so I'll keep going there so that you don't have to edit out that piece there. Like, you know, so you're going to be editing this. So there's a nice bit of a cut there uh, for opening that and turn go, off, go, and turn go, off go, your go. notifications on your phone as well. But um, sorry. so when you're actually going off out and you're in, enjoying it, there's a lot more than just actually taking the shot on the, the, the back of the camera. That's landscape photography. When we start looking at portraiture, I mean, you know, there was an image there that came up recently was uh, the Pope. In, <laughs> That's a, right. That's in, brilliant. In, in a hood, a, a puffer jacket, right? <laughs> and it looked totally real, except for it still can't do hands. The yeah, AI six still, fingers or yeah, something. Yeah, still can't do yeah. hands. There was another one where, you know, Donald Trump getting arrested. And again, look, you know, you take that now that people know AI exists. You go, okay, is this real? Is this fake news? Is this augmented reality, let's just say. But yeah. if, you took, if you took the technology that we have right now and you went back 15 years and you put a picture up of the Pope in a puffer jacket, it would be real as far as everybody's oh, yeah. concerned yeah. because they didn't know that this technology exists. So I think what AI does right now is that it kind of forces us to think differently about photography, about the image that we're seeing. But that's no different to how somebody, like I said, is a digital artist and they manipulate something in Photoshop to create a world or a realism in their own mind that actually doesn't exist full stop. Yeah. What's yeah. your thoughts? You're... My thoughts are, 
and I'm taking this from a business aspect, like because my job is photography. I'm a professional photographer. This is what I do for a living. This is how I put food on the table, and this is how I put a roof over my heads. You know, so I am slightly worried. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not right now. I'd say for the next five years, I'm good. After that, I just I just don't know what's coming in the future. Like you know, um, like there there's no substitute for creativity, if that makes sense. So if I'm at a wedding. And I'm getting these certain creative shots. You can't, I'm, I'm guessing there's no thing, such thing invented yet to take photographs for people and no need for photographers. I don't know. Is that coming down the road? I really don't know. But it is scary to realize that our world is going to start shifting and probably for the worse. Could be for the better. Who knows? But me, for business aspect, I am slightly worried. If I wasn't, I, I'd be lying, you know. So I don't know. It's, just, it's going to be really interesting. I've already registered the domain weddingbot.ie. So you're good. You did not. I did, yeah. Weddingbot.ie. So we'll send out a, a, a robot and he'll greet you by going, <laughs> you can't be able to do AI for a wedding because the people that are there are humans. And, yes. and like I said, you know, AI can only go and replicate something that exists already. So those people dressed as the way they are in that wedding dress and all their friends all around them, unless they've had a multiple number of weddings, can only ever be happening once yeah but darren you don't know what's going to be invented in 10 years time or five years time or whatever you, you, you of course you don't but i mean can you actually okay think back to the the 60s when star trek was on they talked about teleportation we still don't have yeah. teleportation it's only a matter of time kid ah you know why it's not like you know what i mean there's certain, <laughs> know, yeah. certain rules like there's the certain rules that have to be in play and the human being still has to be there to be in the first instance. Yes, you could take an image. I could take a photograph of you right now and I could stitch your face onto the head of Iron Man. And it may look realistic, but it may yes. not look realistic. But both of those things existed before now. So unless it's something that ha happened already that can be manipulated to something new, I don't think it's possible. That's my okay. opinion. But that, 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 that being said, though, you know, like every single person's face is unique in some way. Some people are twins. Yeah. Okay. Other people look very similar. You, you know, you and Ken are almost <laughs> twinnies. Right. But like you, you, there'll be situations where there's faces that are made up that don't exist because the AI will take different aspects of it. And it could create virtual people. So from a film industry point of view, if you look at the way computer generation graphics are going right now, you could create mm. a superstar purely out of AI and have it completely done in an animated movie, never to exist in the real world. And nobody would know. Mm. And you know what? Companies are going to start jumping on this. And I think this is only the start, Darren. This is genuinely only the start. Oh, like Apple, Apple have put so many... Much, so much money into R&D around augmented reality and virtual reality. And they are trying to push their new thing. It's supposed to be released this year. It was actually supposed to be released last year, apparently, but it's got pushed back and it's going to be pushed back again. And like this whole thing with Facebook and their metaverse and all this crack, it's just, it's the way the world is going, you know? So I think like everything in the world, like for 20 years prior to us, like you have to evolve. Are you going to get left behind? Mm -hmm. Like the advancements of social media. If your business was on social media, it'd be very hard for you and you'd probably struggle unless you're some very well-known local business like a baker or something that will last, stand the test of time for everything. You know, but you need to be on social media nowadays to be a business. 
There's mm-hmm. no ifs or buts about it, you know, mm-hmm. and that will change as time goes on. So I think the advancements of AI and everything like that, you, I think you should use it, learn how to harness it and use it in a responsible way and an honest way mm-hmm. to really go with the times and evolve as a photographer. Mm-hmm. I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. You know, I mean, it's about something that we don't really understand fully right now because it's in its infancy. The next number of years are really going to show what the capabilities are. And then the, the years after that will show when the younger generation get their hand in technology. That's when the shit will hit the fan. Yeah. Because, yeah, was... you know, I'll be very old. You'll be old. I was just about to say it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of infection have you got now? <laughs> I've got old manitis. It's grand, like. <laughs> but do, do you know what? I think, look, you know, things will evolve absolutely. And I think if you look back in the last 30 years, we've had the fastest evolution ever when it comes to communication yeah. Uh, yeah. and technology, but communication full stop. And, you know, to touch on something you said a moment ago, even the, the greats like Ansel Adams in photography, he needs social media right now for his name to be relevant in this generation and the next generation and generation after that. Even though Anson Adams is long gone, his work yeah. is going to live on through worldwide communication right now. Not However, the days of newspapers are gone. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to stop you there. The last time I heard Ansel Adams' name, and I'm not joking you, was at least five years ago. That's because he didn't take wedding photos and you live in the wedding photo no, sphere. It doesn't matter. I, I live in the landscape I, sphere and I see I live in re- I live in regularly. photography sphere, right? I had genuinely have not heard the name Ansel Adams in at least five years. So is that a thing where his name is starting to die out now and the younger generation won't know who he is? In okay. I, I don't know. I think everybody will know who Ansel Adams is if they're studying <laughs> photography because he is one of the original greats. He is the forefather of what we think and what we know and what we learn about photography. Um, so I think, yes, his name will always always be there and be synonymous with photography. But, you know, riddle me this. In 20 years' time, whose names will be the modern-day greats? And will they be people... Dodd. And will they be people who we know of that we kind of grew up with, mm. let's just say, that are going to become the greats? Or are they going to be people from the obscure? And I think that's probably uh, that's a topic in itself, actually, that we could discuss, you know, from where people are going now to where they're going to be and predict to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, yeah, 20 yeah. years. Love you know? it. Um, yeah. But I think AI, like I said, it's in its infancy and it's something that, yes, keep your eye out. Don't be worried about it right now, but you know, make sure you understand it. Make sure you're keeping abreast of it because. You know, if you don't, you are going to be left behind. Absolutely. Right. We'll leave it at that, Darren. Very well discussed. I enjoy talking about it, but we're going to move on to our next topic. And it's something that I, it's not that it hit home or I was worried about it or anything like that. A friend of ours, friend of the show, Gavin Harrycastle, kind of made a small bit of a boo-boo, right? A while back, uh, no, it wasn't recently. Yes. A while back. But, but we, yeah, we, 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 we've been missing from having our chats, yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's something that I want to discuss because I think, um, okay, let's just play a little scenario. So Gavin went out on a YouTube video and took a lovely shot of like all this kind of caverns and waters and everything like that and posted the photograph on social media. And within a day or two, some guy had went along and taken a photograph of the exact same scene more or less the exact composition. I mean, like it was mil- millimeters close to it, like, you know, but it wasn't the same photograph and Gavin didn't look at it properly. He didn't study it properly. And he thought the guy literally 
stole his photograph online, took out the watermark and posted it as his own, you know. So Gavin made a bit of a mistake, you know, and kind of called out the guy. Um, but since then, you know, he realized it wasn't his photograph and he apologized and fair play to Gavin, called a spade a spade. He knew he fucked up, you know, so at least he kind of fixed it from that aspect. But it's just, it's just plagiarism. Even though he didn't steal his photograph, he kind of still stole his composition. Now, we all go to our honeypot locations and all that, and we do take somewhat similar pictures, but I wouldn't go out of my way to literally (laughs) go millimeters of the same composition. And I could have done it in the past and without realizing it, whatever, but this dude knew exactly what he was doing, you know. So I think both parties were at fault. I think your man for kind of stealing the comp um, and posting it as his own picture, which it was his own picture. I think Gavin was wrong for calling the dude out and kind of the way he went about it was wrong. But like I said, he did apologize. So what do you think of the whole situation and plagiarism? Well, look, I think the reality of the situation these days is the moment you put something up online, it's open for copycats, full stop. And if yeah. it's something that's good, then somebody is going to want to copy that. And they're going to want to try and create or call it their own, let's just say. You could have the best image in the world, but the the, the advantage that I have as a landscape photographer is I'm not just generally dealing with a subject, I'm also dealing with a sky. And a sky is something that's going to be different. So, you know, you could come along, no problem, go, wow, look at that, that's a great composition. Maybe if I'm there next week, I'll see if I can find similar to that because I really, really like it. But it's going to be different because the sky is going to be different. The challenge, I think, with Gavin's image is that there was very there was no sky. So it was just reflected light coming into a cavern and you had some lovely greens and lovely textures. And it was a great shot that Gavin had taken. And I, I can't blame him for first looking at the shot to go, that's my image. You know, I mean, but yeah. as you say, you know, fair play to him. He handled it well in the end. You know, he apologized to the guy and said, look, sorry, it's not my shot. But the point being, I suppose, really, is that the moment you create something, it's 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 open for somebody to copy and paste, be it a photograph, be it an idea, be it a concept, be it whatever you wanted it to be. You have to try and find a way to keep something unique. And that's where yeah. I think it gets difficult, because if you've got something that is easily copied, then somebody can copy it and 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 just pam it off as their own. The original idea, I think, is the important part. And, you know, be original, you know, create and form your own path. You don't necessarily it's hard. have to. It, it is hard, but it's it also lazy to take the other route. I because know, if I you're agree. just copying and pasting, then you're never going to be somebody who stands head and shoulders above the rest. All you have shown is that you know how to copy. And go back yeah. to when we were in school. You know, there was always the person in the class that always had the great results in their tests. No, I, I don't mean like, I know you're going with it, like, you know, but what I mean is it's hard to be original nowadays. It's just because everything has been photographed or everything is done to be the debt. Like how musicians keep bringing out different songs and everything. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to keep doing it because they're all different songs, you know. Um, and there's only a certain I, amount of chords. Yeah, you know, I just I just cannot wrap my head around it how it is to be original for us well, even well do you know what it, it's 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 harder in the music industry absolutely it's easier to be original in photography as far as i'm concerned because you are going to have the differences in the conditions the difference in the seasons the difference in where you place your camera we had a podcast two years ago 
six inches six is very inches. important. Ah, <laughs> snap! There you go, right? But it is really, really important, you know. But if you are hellbent on absolutely copying right down to the nanosecond of somebody's uh, know, idea, then that's lazy as far as I'm concerned. And you should always Agreed. try and forge your own path, be original, because nobody's going to remember you for what something that you copied from somebody else. But what no they're going to remember do, me? for what you copied from somebody else. Oh, I'm joking. Right? But what they will remember is if you come up with something unique. I mean, look, you know, I've said this a thousand times before. You know, the average person has around 45,000 thoughts per day. 99.99% of Jesus those are just Christ. brain chatter, right? But it's the ones that actually work, that make you unique, that stand out, that you should hone into and say, okay, there's definitely something in this I should pursue it further. That's when mm. you're using your gray matter. That's when you're creating your own path. But it's so easy just to look online and go, oh, that's a good idea. Yoink, I'm going to steal that and call it my own. That's lazy. That shows no creativity. And for me, I kind of go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, like at least use it as inspiration and kind of put your own twist in it, a little bit of magic. Like you said, different dealing with different skies, whatever. Like <clears throat> from my own perspective, I go to the Cliffs of Moher a lot. And it's so hard to be original at the Cliffs of Moher. So I would climb down as much as I can because not many people, not many people want to go down. Because like it's fine for me. I, I, I it doesn't bother me. Do you know, is there a hairy spot or two? Yeah, but you, you need know. to be a ghost. <laughs> it's fine. It's not bad. Like the most dangerous spot is literally ten feet from the bottom, and some guy broke his neck there before doing that. That part. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. But, but go, go on. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. So like get, getting down there to get my shot, then that eliminates me from a certain aspect of so many other photographers and kind of, I can put me on twist in it. And for the last few years, I've been trying to, I always keep coming, not to the exact same composition, but the same area. But I'm trying to venture further on up the coast of that kind of, um, not headland. beach, you know, the headland part of it. But I cannot, for the love of God, find another composition there. Well, that's why I love seascape photography so much, because every single shot is unique because the waves are always going to be different, you know. But if you're up on top of a cliff and you're shooting down a cliff some more, you're not going to see yeah. a detail in the wave below. What you are going to have mm. is a difference in the sky. And I think that's where you'll probably get similar skies over the course of time, but you'll never get exactly the same sky. The yeah. light won't be hitting at the same place. <clears> and that's what makes it a different shot. The subject is the same, but the light mm -hmm. is going to be different you know and i think the, the other side to it too is that you know you as an example right if you went to the cliff samora for whatever reason that you saw a photograph that i'd taken the cliff samora said okay i want to go back i want to get the same shot as darren right yeah what makes it different is if you can add value to that shot mm -hmm. if you're not adding value to that shot then you're just basically copy and pasting what darren has done add value put something extra on top of it that actually backs up your image let's just say because mm. otherwise you, you, there's nothing different you know again like i said the sky is going to be different the clouds going to be different the lights going to be different but the subject is going to remain the same and like a case yeah. in point if you look at one of the most photographed areas you remember we went there almost a year ago actually which is last may down to dingle and i joked tonight when you would come on you were joking so i go geez i don't know where i'm going to place my tripod and i went uh have a look on the ground there it's the plant that has no grass <laughs> like the amount of people mm. that have come along there and taken a shot but yet there's still a shot to be taken there in Dunquin because the light is going to be different. The subject remains the same. So, you know, you don't have to copy and paste exactly. You can create your own spin in something. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, how people actually can be original. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, again, just to kind of, I suppose, summarize there on that, you know, we've done m- multiple topics over the years in regards to, you know, Instagram and social media and stuff like that. It's a great tool, but it could be a curse in itself because everybody can go, oh, I want to be there. I want to do this. I want to do that. Or I'm, they see yeah. one side of the image, how beautiful it looks. But what you don't see is what was behind the camera. There was 40 other people vying for the same shot, you know. So, like, yeah. go there and experience it and, you know, live a day in, 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 in my shoes, let's just say, uh, and to 100%. see what it's like. Do you know, it's funny you said it because in the last few months, I've actually stopped posting some of my favorite pictures online. I've just kept them for myself. For, and before, I just chuck them all out for the world to see. But now I just like that picture from uh, the beach in, in Keem. Uh, Keem. I haven't released it. I that's want a banger. To. It's unreal. Yeah, that's a banger. I, don't, I just don't want to post it. Yeah, you know, and I think th- that that therein is an example, right? And and that's a perfect example, actually, because even from me, you know, and okay, I'd be a competent photographer for finding different compositions, right? But when I was mm. in Keem, I went, okay, I played around here, I played around there, blah, 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 blah. The composition that you found was only possible because, number one, you had the, the bullheadedness to actually go down to the beach in the hard light. But number two, where you placed your camera, was the only way to be able to get a good composition there and to utilize what you used. I don't think anybody else would be there at that time with a camera or also would have seen that composition as well. So that's what makes yeah. that shot unique. And that's what makes you know you original in regards to that. It's, everybody can can rock up and plank a camera and take a shot and go, wow, like, like, like the one I did, for example, you know, just taking yeah. uh, the, the, the shot of the, the Brendan Gleeson's finger hut. Um, but I mean, look, you know, that's no different to, there's a thousand of other shots there. Why? Because it's a pathway right underneath where I place my tripod. Yeah. There's no pathway where you took your shot. And I think that's a phenomenal shot. And I know we've teased it now on two podcasts and I think you should actually release it because it is a mm. capital B for banger. Now, I genuinely don't want to post it. I'm just going to print it and put it in my house because I just don't want to. I, and it's not just this place. It's just, it's been numerous places in the last few months. I just... I just don't display some work online. I don't know why. And I, I, there's no rhyme or reason. But come here. There's one thing I want to chat about now, right? Because I, 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 I love your, um, your guides that you do, right? For, <clears throat> for your new website and everything like that. And they're going ridiculously well. You're selling them all the time. Fair play to you. They're absolutely fantastic. But again, what's to stop someone coming along and kind of, copying your guides and then just selling them on for their own money or for free or whatever like you know like is, does that have you worried in any way shape or form like uh okay number one there's nothing stopping anybody copying anything that i do because the moment it's up there like i said it's ready for plagiarism and for copycatting and stuff like that um i think the difference here is the value that i can add to those guides because I can tell people a lot about the location. I can tell people what to expect. I can have something which is a pocket-sized guide that they can bring with them. It's concise. It's easy. It's clear. Um, other than that, there's, you know, it, it, it's, I haven't shared any secret locations or anything like that, and I was purposely not sharing any secret locations. So in a nutshell, you know, somebody could say, you know what, geez, that's a great idea that Darren has done. I think I'm going to copy that. Brilliant. Copy it. All you are is a copycat. There's nothing unique and original in relation to it. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, it can be done very, very easily. Yeah. But Darren, come here. I, I see the amount of work that you've put into those guides and whatever you do, is it, it's, it's been fantastic. You, the growth 
for you as a content creator and uh, an educator and a podcaster for the world of photography like you've went above and beyond not just for yourself but for everyone in the industry you've always been there for a helping hand like whenever anyone asks anything of you you're always there to help out no matter what and you know like honestly thank you very much my own heart and i'm sure everyone else in the rest of the irish photography industry would say the same so keep doing what you're doing we're all very proud of you all right thanks man appreciate it no bother no bother come here look we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with is this news If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast, why not jump over to iTunes or Spotify and listen to the back catalogue that we have with some great episodes where we talk about photography, gear and some excellent guests along the way. Thanks very much for listening and for watching. We'll see you on the next Hello and you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast and we are going to jump straight back into Is This News? This is one of our new segments here, guys. And it basically is that we're going to pick a topic each that we <laughs> we really like and that we'll just discuss to see if it's newsworthy or not. So first topic, Darren, is the Canon R5 can now make a massive 400 mega- megapixel photographs. So Canon has released a new firmware update for the R5 that allows you to create a massive 400 megapixel photos by stitching them together in multiple shots captured by moving the in-body image stabilizing mechanical or mechanism what say you good sir i asked the question why i don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I don't know. like look you know you have an r5 i used an r5 i was blown away by the r5 you're now blown away by the r5 for many many different reasons the image yes. quality is good enough it doesn't need to be bigger than anybody ever needs 400 what why like number one you're going to have to go and change all of your systems to be able to process that image because it's going to kill all of your ram number two you're going to have to go and get hard drives to, be able to store all those images and again why what what are they trying to compete against is this a, a dick measuring contents against the likes of say fuji and going we got 100 megapixels yeah so what we've got two actually you know what no let's go 400 megapixels yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever to me. I, I did you take did you do the up, upgrade? Funny you say that. <clears throat> I literally did it an hour before we um we came on to talk on the podcast, and I haven't taken a photograph or anything like that. But what I did do, Darren, is time the amount of how long it takes to do the update on the R five as opposed to the R six. So totally off topic, but it took me four minutes forty eight seconds for the R five, and it took me. Five minutes, 38 seconds for the R6. What's that mean? Jack shit. But I don't know. I just, I don't see the value or the need for me to use a 400 megapixel camera. Okay. So the one place I would actually probably use this would be for a drone. You know, that you can multiply the pixels and you can enhance the, okay. the photograph, you know, to blow up your image because uh, call a spade a spade, uh, drones have smaller uh, sensors, you know, so they wouldn't have the same in Im- image quality, <clears throat> excuse me, as a Canon R5 and R6 or something like that. I don't know. So I just that's the only real need, I think, for enhancing yeah, and that I, amount of pixels. I, and with that in mind, like if you've got a 400 megapixel image, right, what are you going to want to do? 
with that file to have it that size? Do you going to want to crop it down to the size of a postage stamp to be able to get information that you can now blow that up? Do you want to be able to have your image printed the size of a skyscraper? I mean, like, it makes no sense. And, and in reality as well, is the image actually going to be any way better? Is it going to be worse? Mm, I don't know. It's 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 I'm a, baffled. It's AI, right? It's combining multiple shots. Yes, it's, yeah, it's, there you it, go. It's moving the sensor within the camera. Uh or the yeah, it's using moving the sensor using the IBIS, I imagine it is, yeah. Um yeah. so like is it going to work for a long exposure? Is it going to work for only a certain fastness of shutter speed that it can do that during that period of time? Is it going to slow the camera down overall? Is it going to slow down the writing speed to the CF card? Like it, for me, it makes no sense whatsoever, and I cannot for the life of me figure out why they would do it and who would have a need for it. It's just I think it's just purely a. Would a landscape contest. photographer need it? Would a landscape photographer want it? No, and no. Okay, here's a here is argumentative point. Uh, Nick Page took an amazing photograph of like fucking uh, I think seven photographs, seven photographs, seven like it was seven plus seven That's on Kauai. Yeah, it's sort of seven plus seven. That's 14, 28 photographs. So four stitches down, seven stitches across. I think I, I could be wrong. I'm sorry, Nick. But yeah, he did that. And it was just an insane amount of information on the camera. And Photoshop nearly calved it when he stitched it all together and processed it like so. But why did he do that? Did he do that because even with his widest angle lens, he couldn't get the entire scene into the image, so he had to do that. Uh, but he used the long focal length for that shot, didn't he not? Possibly, but even with your widest angle lens, you probably wouldn't get it all in there from where he was at. So by using the telephoto and then creating that whole stitch across up and down, you can get more of the scene and then combine it into one shot. It's like a, a panel. I did one. I know you did. In Cicada. Yeah. And the detail is ridiculous that I have in it. It is ridiculous. I'm not joking. The file size I can, is, is immense. It, it's pretty cool. I won't like it. <laughs> okay. So are you saying that you're going to need the 400 megapixel saw to be able to get a shot? And would it be as good as that? I'm going to use it for one shot and see how it turns out. And I won't use it until I'm literally at my next landscape photography shootout. You know, and I'm, n- I'm not going to use it other than that. I can't see myself using it other than that. And he won't share it on social media, so nobody's ever <laughs> going to get to see what it looks like. <laughs> You'll share that one, will you? Yeah. I will. I'll share it with the world. And I'll share my experience on the podcast as well. So just to... Uh, okay. It's like the time, do you remember our Canon lent me the R5 before <laughs> they lent it to you? <laughs> yes. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, I used the 8K RAW, and it's just... I was like, this is cool, but Why? No, I'll never use it. And I've never, I, I bought an R5 after that and I haven't used it once. Yeah, there you go. That once. There you go. Yeah. But you know what? In 10 years time, 20 years time, you know, when everybody's shooting at 16K or 32K. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. With I mean, all our AI. Yeah, exactly. But look, I, that, that story, I don't know. Is it news? Yeah, it is news, but it it's, is. It, it's a big question mark as to why they would do that. I'd love to know why they decided to do that. Well, I do know that uh, is that Lumix or one of those cameras out there, they do something similar. It's like a pixel shift as well, and it comes to 200 megapixels. So, I, like you said, it could be a dick piss, what you call it? Dick measuring contest. Dick measuring contest. <laughs> dick dick <piss. laughs> <laughs> 
Could be contests. So yeah, it just probably that's probably they wanted to beat the crap out of someone else. I think maybe, mm. but it is newsworthy. It is something to try, and uh, yeah, that's about it. All yeah. right, here's my news story, and it's really, really oh, I can't wait, and it's really wait. pertinent to somebody like you. Okay, so the headline. Oh really? The headline is. Divorced woman demands refund from wedding photographer four years later. What? Four years? Hashtag true story. So here's the story. A South African wedding photographer this week received what he calls the craziest request he's heard in his career. A woman whose wedding he shot four years ago in 2019 is demanding a full refund for the wedding photography because she got divorced and doesn't need the photos <laughs> anymore. <laughs> And, and, right? It's, it's, it's interesting because he shares the message that she sent him. What's it say? So it says, obviously, first and foremost is the lady who got married. It says, hi, Romeo. Romeo is the wedding photographer. How are you? Sounds class, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He says, I don't know if you still remember me. You did a photo shoot, photo shoot for me at my wedding in Durban in 2019. He says, hey. Smiley face. I'm okay, thank you. I trust you're well. Yes, I remember. How may I be of service? Well, I'm now divorced, and those pictures, I and my ex-husband, don't need them anymore. You did a wonderful job on them, but they went to waste as we're now divorced. I will need a refund of the amount we paid you because we don't need them anymore. His response was, oh, pardon me. Oh, my God. This has to be a joke, right? She says, no, dear, I'm very serious. So in fairness, his response is, I'm very sorry to hear you and your husband divorced, but as I'm sure you can figure out, that's not going to happen. Photography is a non-refundable service. Once I've already delivered to you the service and the pictures, I can't refund you because I can't untake the pictures. Take care now. Well done, him. Well done, Romeo. Can Who you believe you, that, right? But then it gets more because then she came back and she says, Oh, I'm not happy with this. So she escalates it and the demand by threatening to get lawyers involved. She You're says, kidding. That is something you must have in your contract that there's no refunds. But you didn't seem entitled to demand a refund as I'm no longer in need of your pictures. I understand it's not your fault, but you are a business and as such, you must be able to grant refunds. His response was, no, ma'am, you're not entitled to a refund. I would like to remain professional with you and just reassure you that you will not be getting a refund. It's bad enough you want your refund four years later. It's unfortunately embarrassing on your part. So there'll be no refund, okay? Okay, thanks. Take care. Says, you'll be hearing from my law my lawyers. I forward him everything. Sharp. Haha, ha, LOL. I'm sure oh I'm still being God. pranked. There is no way. Look, I'm really sympathized with you on the divorce. I can imagine that you went through this, but this is no way to deal with this. Other than that, there's nothing really more I can do for you. She says, okay, good morning, Romeo. It's fine. Then let our lawyers deal with it. At least refund 70% of the money and I can make a move on and heal from everything. Where oh, are you? I'm in Joburg. We can meet up to discuss the issue going forward. Unbelievable. This is insane. Can you believe that? This is that? insane. Can you believe that? This is absolutely delirious of that woman. Yeah, I think, do you know what? It's... Uh, it's a strange one and you wonder what goes through somebody's head that they would think that that is something that they could do. And in fairness to your man, he remained cool. I know if it was you, you'd have used a number of expletives, <laughs> but you would but you would have probably put on your sales hat and went, look, when you get remarried again, I'll give you a 20% discount. <laughs> there you go, boy. It's not a bad idea. No, honestly, like 
I, you'd be surprised how much of a cool head I can keep when it comes to my my name as a business and everything like that. I pride myself on that, like you know, uh, great customer support, John, everything like that. I go above and beyond for absolutely every client that I actually bring through the doors, you know. But to have the audacity to demand a refund for your wedding four years later is just it's it's for, it's precedent uh, unprecedented you know i'm guarantee you well i don't guarantee i can't guarantee you that but i'm guessing it has never ever happened before and imagine the, imagine the face on her lawyer coming through the door going i want this romeo guy sued because he won't give me a refund after we get married four years ago well like wh- what kind of lawyer <clears throat> will say Oh yeah, no problem. Let's take the case. Like this is delirious, Darren. Well, lawyers will take any case in reality if they find that there's a way that they can win. But unless they, if they're only on a, a win, uh, get paid fee. But I mean, yeah. But here, do you know when you see all these things, and then I always look and I read the comments, and some of the comments have the most wittiest answers, right? <laughs> yeah, they're the funniest. And get your popcorn. Yeah. So like the first <laughs> one I hear says, "Not hard to see why this woman is divorced. She's clearly a loon. I'm just surprised the poor man lasted for four years." Next one says, I wonder if she reached out to the wedding caterers too with the same demand. The food went to waste after all. And then somebody else says, at the end of it says, the guests and the wedding party should ask her to refund their gifts, their travel, yes, their wardrobe expenses, their hair and makeup where applicable. I mean, if you're going to play that game, let's play, right? Yeah, spot on. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. I couldn't agree with uh, those dudes. That's anyway, nuts. It's like, it, it's clearly nuts. It's nuts. Do you know what I mean? But obviously she must be going through a hard time and she's probably trying to find ways to yeah, get as much money yeah. as she can back. And she's probably not thinking straight. But it is a true story and it is something, you know, that has made the news. Is it news, Dad? No, it's not news. This is ridiculous. This is scandalous. It shouldn't even be in the news because it's not newsworthy, in my opinion. But it can always be used as a story for someone to go back on and say, remember that story about your wonder? Look, that's nearly yeah, as mad true. as this. But not as, as that. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the new segment. I think it's something that we'll have a good bit of fun with as well. Uh, and yeah. to kind of share the, the madness that's around the place in the uh, photography world. <laughs> this certainly is one anyway. Ah, for sure. For sure, sir. All right. So, guys, thank you very much for listening to this week's Irish Photography Podcast. This has been absolutely amazing. As like I always say, Darren, I hope you've had a good bit of crack. I have. I've had great crack altogether. Mighty crack. There you go. There you go. Bro. Crack All is right, the so Irish word for laughs and jokes and fun. Not uh, everyone knows that. Uh, knows not that. from our uh, audience that <clears throat> listens outside of Ireland. They do. They do. Mm. Just like leprechauns are, 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 are real as well. Yes. So, yes. guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Talk to you soon. Stronger fall, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, Hey guys, if you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week, and remember, keep shooting.